It's 6 o'clock. Time to call Baird Brothers, America's source for fine hardwood since 1960. The Valley's News, Weather, and Sports Station. News Radio 570 WKBN, Youngstown. Here's what's happening in the Valley. Good afternoon, I'm Macy Jepson. The president of a biker group whose members were involved in a shootout with another group has pleaded guilty to his charges in a Trumbull County courtroom. David Bales Jr. pleaded guilty to two counts of involuntary manslaughter and two counts of felonious assault. He is expected to be sentenced tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. A man from Youngstown will spend the next three years in prison for causing a fatal crash almost two years ago. Eric Wallace in court this afternoon for sentencing. He pleaded guilty in connection with the traffic death of Jerome Atkins in early 2016. Investigators say he was speeding and also was under the influence of alcohol and cocaine. The arrival of cold weather and snow means it's a good time to remind people about the danger of keeping pets outside when it's bitterly cold. In fact, Boardman now has a law against keeping pets outside when it's too cold for people to be outside with proper cold weather clothing. A Youngstown woman is accused of making a threat to use a gun at a Boardman nursing home. Borderman police say Celeste Curry went to Park Center Nursing Home after she had called there a number of times, but they hung up on her every time because the nurse who answered the phone couldn't understand Curry. Police say that got Curry upset, so she went to the nursing home, where police say she punched out a nurse and threatened to get a gun. The nursing home went on lockdown after an investigation that took a few weeks. Borderman police arrested Curry over the weekend. Tom Moore reporting. There's an effort to legalize marijuana for both recreational and medical use. It could be back on the ballot again. A group announced today they are backing the free market adult consumption of marijuana ballot for next November. Voters rejected a similar effort in 2015. From the Insurance Experts, our Kashmiri and Associates News Center, I'm Macy Jepson on Youngstown Warren's only news radio, 570 WKBN. Next update at 6 they're just ahead. More stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. $9.99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's. Don't be left out in the cold this winter. Call Massa Heating and Girard, 545-6063. Your factory authorized Bryant dealer. Snow showers likely tonight, especially late when the heavier snow moves in toward early morning. Around an inch, isolated spots could see two inches by daybreak, lows in the upper 20s. Snow showers likely for your Tuesday, windy with blowing snow and falling temperatures. Anywhere from a trace to two inches, up to three if you get stuck underneath some of the heavier snow bands into the afternoon. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel. Right now, 32. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. And we're back. News Radio 570 WKBN. It's uh, 607. Let's go and uh, hook up with John Arnold's Truth and Investing Show on this Monday night. And, uh, John, first let's start with a look at how things went today. Uh, very, very good day on the NASDAQ. Average day on the Dow Jones. Uh, NASDAQ was up 35, which is promising. Dow Jones is somewhere in the mid-50s. It finished up at the end of the day. So a positive day which is nice. We had a, a day last week where a lot of the technicals, uh, I mean, when I mean technical, the technical technology sector uh, took a pretty bad beating, Amazon and Tesla and uh, Netflix, a whole bunch of them, just, they just got a lot of profit taking. And from that day on, there's been slowly, get, you know, getting the, the profits or getting that share price back up to where it was, where it's almost there. So, Good opportunity to buy those if you missed out on those, uh, if you're willing to take risk. So, uh, pretty good day. All right, a pretty good day, as you say. I want to, there's a number of things that I want to cover on tonight's broadcast. You know, I want to cover Excellent. about the, the, the Trump bump. I want to get into this long-term plan that you like. So, folks, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff that I want to cover. So a guy called, and he says, okay, Trump's been president for whatever, 10 months, or uh, that, that it's been as far as Trump's presidency is concerned, or 11 months. Do you really think he's responsible for a lot of the economic uh, pros- progress that we see, uh, record stock markets, consumer confidence, 
holiday spending. What And you were skeptical there for a while of what they called the Trump bump. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the, the influence Obama had and uh, things did well with the market there. Is it a continuation of Obama? Is it Trump and uh, what, what he's talking about, uh, you know, taxes and uh, deregulation? Talk a little bit about that and what influence that has had on the market. Well, you, you usually buy on the rumor and sell on the news. In this case, uh, I would say that, that Donald Trump, and as you, as you pointed out, I was skeptical, uh, this Trump bump is a real thing. It really is it because the rumor on the street is jobs are coming back, and he's influencing that. Uh, regulation is coming back down in the middle to where it should have been all this time instead of absurdly uh, over-regulations. And then obviously I'm, I'm one that means that we, I believe, and I think you do too, that we need some kind of regu- regulatory system in all facets, but nothing to where it puts a company out of business, which is ridiculous. So Trump's fixing that. Uh, the main thing for me in the street is the tax reform. Uh, as you've pointed out on your own show, and, and I've pointed out on the previous shows, this tax reform is beautiful. If you pay taxes, and every working American does, whether you get a refund check or not, somewhere down the line you're paying taxes, this is going to help you. So what those three key items, I do believe in the Trump bump, and I wasn't a believer until tax reform almost went, uh, almost went away. So uh, two and a half weeks ago when it was falsely, when he was falsely accused, or excuse me, when it was falsely reported that uh, Trump some, had something to do with uh, you know, he's going down for what you know what happened in contact with Russia, which turned out to be false. The ABC News reporter and investigator got um, he got suspended for it. And but during that amount, of, during that during that time period, the market fell 250 points just on news that Trump might be going down. So that told me that this is specifically uh, this increase in the market and the continuing of the bull market, whether you're for or against them. Also, you have to say it has something to do with Trump. It's like when that great employee retires or maybe you lost him or her to another firm and you go and, and you notice that things aren't just, you know, things aren't working right at your, your company and the common denominator is that you lost that key employee. Uh, you don't know what you have until it's gone, like, the, you know, obviously the old song. Um, it's the same thing here. You don't know what you have until it's almost gone and and uh we have a good thing in Donald Trump as a president whether you like his personal uh actions and his his personality which is odd as you've pointed out his uh his business actions for the market are definitely bullish and and we're liking them so uh, all right hopefully so that's so the, the answer you're looking for no, but I mean, so you, you would say, I mean, obviously the market was doing well when Obama left office, certainly better than when Bush left office, but we continue to set records when it comes to the market. So are, in essence, I mean, people are talking about the anticipation, if you will, the anticipation of, uh, of uh, you know, the tax thing passing, the anticipation of less regulation, right? Yes, 100%. But I, I, I'd like to point out something about President Obama and the fact that I don't think he deserves credit for the market increase as much of the stopping of the decrease. So I, I think, you know, it, a lot of people forget that, and I was one of them, I was like, damn, you just you kept asking yourself, when is this thing going to continue to stop going down? Like every time you thought a low was in, a new low came. And new, I remember thinking, all right, this is the last of the bad news, GM has failed. And sure enough, two, two months later, AIG fails, and Merrill was on the, was on the brink, and and uh, and if sure enough, it would take the Dow another down, you know, Dow down another thousand, two thousand points, and um, you know Obama got elected, and we don't know if it was a matter of uh, just the market had done, you know, it's it was being done being shorted, and then also maybe that. You know, they felt the thing was oversold in the beginning. and Or maybe it was just the fact that Obama was doing, you know, making some policies that were maybe going to stop the bleeding. No one will ever know, but I know this. The market stopped dropping uh, at a point around his first presidency of uh, his term. But I don't, I don't give him a lot of credit for the increase. I just think it was one of those things where the market was oversold. Like, and yeah, GE at $4 a share and 
some other things we could point out, and you know, Apple, and you got to remember, Apple was, in the, Apple was up in the thousands before, and it fell dramatically, and they they fell strictly on the market. So you had some bargains out there, and people were scooping them up at the bottom end, and then eventually, it's like any economy, it, you know, it, it falls down, it but dusts itself off, and with the United States capitalism, it's going to roar back faster than say maybe Indonesia. So one of the things that I think he gets too much credit for is the bull market of 2009 or the end of the bear market and the start of the bull market in 2009. And he probably doesn't get enough credit for, for stopping the bleeding either. But I think it's a complete paradigm difference, completely different galaxy as far as comparing what he did for the stock market and what Trump's currently doing for the stock market. As you pointed out, and like I've pointed out, there's some great, positive feelings from businesses and businesses employ people and businesses pay taxes and the people that are employing pay taxes. It's good or it's good for everybody when jobs are coming back and that's what the street likes. When you when you go to bed at night and you provided food for your family and vacations and a car to drive and it wasn't given to you by the government, that's great. That 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 positive uh, vibe and that inertia spreads. And it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to. I, I'm really. I would really uh, like to, to have somebody give me an objective reasoning of why I would be wrong, because thus far Trump is Trump has really caused the market to go up, and the proof's in the pudding when it when it fell when they thought he was, you know, going to get hurt by that Russian allegation. Right, but I mean, when you look at it, and and it's a case of you know they're they're hoping that his tax plan will pass, which will be you know an easier tax system, lower corporate taxes, you know. But all of the stuff that he did prior to, without the legislation, the executive orders, getting rid of some regulation, simplifying things, that had a monumental impact on the economy, uh, just by, by by what he could do with executive orders, what he can potentially do with the tax thing. You know, healthcare is still out there. There's just a different um th- there's a different attitude would you, would you agree with that 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 uh, the market senses that business senses uh and i think that's why things are going going well right now would we agree on that we 100 percent agree on that we we did and we we didn't always agree fully we both are big trump fans but we didn't fully agree on the you know obviously him being a positive uh some positive gasoline for the market, so to speak, for lack of better words. But I definitely agree with you now. So uh, one for the Ron, Ron Verb column. So um, I 100% agree with you're saying, and you're right. If you talk to small business, and I mean, uh, you talk to Shorty Navarro where you're at tonight, you talk to Mike Hudak, the general manager, you talk to any of the small businesses that advertise at 570, ask them what they think. Whether you, whether you like Trump's person out here a lot, what do you think about what he's doing for your business and, and the positive environment? And, I, and I'm gonna, I'd be willing to bet that someone will say, well, I think the guy's an ass, but he's great for my business. Or all of them. So right. and, 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 that, and, you, and that's what matters to me. Right, and you've, you had people who did that likewise with Obama. They says, hey, they didn't care much for him, but things seem to be getting better. Correct. They did, but I thought I, I, again, and I'm, I'm of course I'm a little bit uh, I'm a little bit biased because I don't swing for the left. But I, again, I think it was more of timing. Just like George Bush wasn't the blame for the market crash. Again, Barack Obama wasn't to 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 get credit either for the the market rise. It was timing. The market happened to bottom out in 2009, right? So it's real simple. I would believe that would be Barack Obama's second year in. Or excuse me, the start of the second, yeah, the second year in, and it just happened to be when he's coming off a market bottom. Let me give you an example. The market got killed in 2001 and 2002, but you know it had a great run from 2003 to 2007. When I say great run, I'm talking 14, 17, 18, some international games in, in the 20s, and no one talks about those four years for George Bush. So. It's one of those things to where a lot of it's timing when, when, it, when it came to Bush and it came to Barack Obama, and I wouldn't put too much weight in the stock market gains on those guys. Uh, but you're right. People did. It's, it's the same way when somebody comes to my firm and they got destroyed by another broker and they come in the, and the market's low and we all of a sudden make a big, big gain. 
you know, they think that I'm way better than I really am. And the, the truth is, is we just ha we just happen to time it right. It's the same thing when someone comes in our office and becomes a new client, and the market's at an all-time high, and they, and they get a rough two months because we hit the market high, and they think I'm worse than I really am. A lot of it is just bias. A lot of it is just human emotion. But on to your point, I'm telling you, Ron, I, I, I didn't agree with you, but now I do. I think this Trump bump has something to do with things. I really do. And you know, it's, hard, it's hard to prove it wrong. It really is. All right. Do you do you sense a strong Santa Claus rally, as you say, because uh, things uh, shopping is going to go well? I do. I, I think shopping is going to go tremendously well, but even more importantly, online sales are going to really blow the doors off the off the cars. So, I think that uh, I think we're going to have a tremendous Santa Claus rally, and I think we're going to have a tremendous first quarter because right. when the results come out. And they and they say you know earnings were this or or PE ratios were that or retail sales were this and regardless of who's responsible for it the market likes it right the, the street likes companies making money and people spending money everybody's happy you're happy I'm happy so I think it's going to be strong and now here's a here's a little devil's advocate for you doesn't mean the stock market's going to go up maybe they just think. You know, we bought all this stuff based on the rumor, and now the news is here. We're going to let a little steam out of the bag, and uh, we're going to maybe – it might not be an up market. It might not be a down market. If anything, it might be just a flat market. Maybe it's just, hey, we've been there, done that, and, and the, the market is uh, – we already built this, this rise into the market, and there's, we, don't, we can't justify more of a gain. The market's finicky like that, and so I don't want the listeners thinking – Oh, come hell or high water, I got to pull all my money in the market because John Arnold thinks it's going to be a, a, a great bull market. You just never know. You just never know. You, this thing might be built in. And man, if anybody wants to challenge me on that, I could I can give you example after example after example of things you just thought were a no-brainer or just a for sure thing that just ended up blowing up blowing up in people's faces, including yours truly. There's a couple of stocks I can go back in time and say, man, I just thought that it just makes all the sense in the world and. And even the investors say, I can see why you, you you made that pick, but man, it was a loser after all, or we had to wait it out a couple of years for it to turn any kind of game close to what we thought. You just never know at this market, which is one of the main reasons why I emphasize major diversification, and then only not only investments, but the different investment vehicles. You just never know who's going to be the racehorse that wins. One of the things that you mentioned right when we started off that my ears perked up on, you mentioned about Amazon, that uh, when you're talking about what the market fluctuation in Amazon, whenever I hear that word, Amazon, I'm thinking, man, this is this has changed retailing. It's changed people's lives. You know, I needed a part for something today, folks. I just, you know, I was standing in my garage and went on my uh, phone. I just went right to Amazon and boom, I'll have it Thursday. You know, and, and, the, and the price was really, really reasonable for it. It's just the convenience of it. And I know all kinds of you listening do that kind of stuff. And, and I mean, when you look at Amazon, I mean, this is just the, as great as it is now, this is just the beginning for it, right? I mean, you know, when, yeah. I, I want you to back up. What, what did you say initially when we started about Amazon, uh, and, and the ticking the market down or something? What happened there? And, and why would that be? And isn't the future nothing but great? Yeah, a lot of times a stock, like, for instance, Amazon came out with uh, way better earnings than even they expected, and the day that happened, it shot up 150 to 180 points. And people that already had big gains in Amazon just got that much wealthier. People who just got into Amazon say maybe, like, I, I got lucky. I had a couple clients that um, moved their portfolios over to me, and I bought, them over, I bought it that week. I was going to buy it anyway. I had no idea I was going to go up 200 points in a week. And it did, so I came out of the gate looking like a stud. But then, but now, how that relates to answering your question is, Amazon um, has had lost like thirty to fifty points. Now I'm going to say forty points over the past seven trading days for no particular reason. There was no bad news. It was just, you know, people like to take profits, and I don't blame them. I, I've been on the other side to where you haven't taken a profit, and you go from a major gain to a major loss, and. It's a double whammy. It's like, my God, you just want to throw up all over the market when that happens. But what's hap what I was saying at the beginning of the show was you had this you had this Amazon that ran up real fast, back down, back down, back down, now another great earnings report, shut up 200 points. 
Now it's back down a little bit, but now every day the mar- that Amazon is going up five points here, six points there, eleven points here. So it's gained all it's gained its steam back. So what I was saying to the buyers, the, the buyers of Amazon out there that missed it a little bit, hopefully you picked it up this past week or week and a half because uh, you could have got it with a little bit of a coupon. So, and that's of course if Amazon continues to go up, I always have to disclose on the show that. You know, Amazon can go out of business tomorrow, and you can lose all your money. Is that likely? No, uh, but I have to disclose it. So that's what I meant by that. All right, but it certainly has changed. Uh, it, it has changed everything. Would you, uh, in the future, obviously, has to be bright. But then again, when you're getting into some of those stocks that you're mentioning, you know, the cost per share is astronomical, and a lot of people don't touch them because how expensive they are. Would that be accurate? Yes, but I think it's. I think it's. A terrible decision. Let me tell you the reason why. I ran, I ran across this all the time with investors. They say, well, John, you only got me five shares, or you only got me ten shares, and, and I tell them this because I don't want to take your whole portfolio and buy just Amazon. We have to be disciplined and diversify. They come back to me and say, well, how, what kind of money am I going to make on ten shares? And I say, well, you're going to make a lot of money. Here's the reason why. I don't care how many shares somebody has of something. What I care about is the percentage of return you have on something. So, if you buy five shares and all the money in the world you have was seven thousand bucks, and that seven thousand dollars went seven thousand went from seven thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars, who really gives a damn, right? The main thing is, is your seven thousand dollars went to ten thousand dollars. That's my feeling on things. Now, traditionally speaking, investing wise, I, I usually don't buy. I don't do that philosophy because I'm always one that is always keen on at least buy yourself 300 shares of a stock because if it goes up three points, you can make some money with it. But you you also have certain ones out there like Berkshire Hathaway that are, you know, ridiculously high uh, that most people can only maybe afford one or two shares. But, again, if Berkshire Hathaway goes up 40% in three years for you, who cares? Your money went up that much money. That's That's what it's all about, right? So same thing comes on the Amazon to where, Someone comes into me with a five hundred thousand dollar portfolio. You better believe I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna not one stick all their money in Amazon. Is crazy. Is is as tempting as it is. I would never do that. Uh, secondly, I'm probably gonna pick up fifty to eighty thousand dollars worth of Amazon, and you divide that amount of money by as many you know what the share price is, and it's not gonna be that many shares. But if I can turn that eighty grand into say maybe a hundred and eighty in three years. The client's going to be just as happy as if I bought him 500 shares of it. It's just the way it goes. So I don't I don't necessarily think it's a one-size-fits-all when it comes to investing as far as how many shares you buy of something. You get what I'm saying? I think there's a time and place for everything, and I think if you could pick up a share here and a share there of Amazon, why it's in the $1,000 mark, believe it or not, I think you're getting a bargain. I think Amazon is going way higher. That's an opinion. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think it's going way higher, and... If you can afford 1,000 shares or one share, I think it's a bargain. I really do. Do you have that? And now I want to talk about Facebook, and you could be right, you could be wrong. I mean, it's uh, mm-hmm. on, on, on any of this kind of stuff. Facebook as well, expensive per share. Uh, is there still plenty of growth, in your opinion? Has uh, Give me your thoughts on Facebook. Another thing okay. that you, that you were on opinion. early. Here's a direct opinion. I think Facebook's a $500 stock, maybe even an $800 stock. I think, I think what you have there is another Google. Uh, again, and I appreciate the disclosure, Facebook could go to zero tomorrow. So don't invest in it unless you know what you're doing and, or unless you have discuss it with your broker or your advisor. Being that said, Facebook's a no-brainer for me. It doesn't have that much brick and mortar, which means it doesn't have a lot of the costs that other uh, competitors do that, that does what it does. It's taken over media. Uh, it can reach millions of people for 30 bucks a month versus paying a $30 million commercial for 30 seconds on, on the Super Bowl. Uh, it targets the buyers that have the money in the country, which are the baby boomers. The baby, boomer, baby boomers love Facebook. That's a fact of life. Does it make, does, do I know why? And does it make sense? I don't know why, but I know this. They love reconnecting with their classmates and family members and looking at their grandkids and talking with them via Facebook versus they weren't able to do that before. They had to do it uh, with the old-fashioned letter. So uh, for me, Facebook is only going to get bigger and more profitable. 
it's it's the kind of exact investment that I want to get in, inside or into. So I don't think it's expensive. I really don't. As a matter of fact, I went down to the 170 mark area uh, a week ago, and hopefully investors were paying attention and picked up some. And if you're again, if you're a risk taker, it's worth taking a risk on it. If you're not a risk taker, don't even think about it. That's what it comes down to. All right, we're talking with John Arnold. I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about YouTube and Bitcoin. I'm going to talk about planning for uh, long-term care. Live from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. O'Charlie's, good food, good times. This is 570 WKBN, Youngstown Warren's only news radio. Here's what's happening in the Valley. The president of a biker group whose members were involved in a shootout with another biker group has pleaded guilty to his charges in a Trumbull County courtroom. David Bales Jr. pleaded guilty to two counts of involuntary manslaughter and two counts of felonious assault. He is expected to be sentenced tomorrow. An effort to legalize marijuana for both recreational and medical use could be back on the ballot soon. A group announced today that they are backing the free market adult consumption of marijuana ballot issue for next November. It would provide for the commercial cultivation, processing, and dispensing of marijuana for people 21 or older. The amendment would also forbid anyone from operating a vehicle after consuming marijuana. Storm Team 27 forecast mostly cloudy. Snow showers tonight, high in the lower 30s. Low tonight, 30. High Tuesday, 33. From the insurance experts, R. Kashmiri and Associates News Center, I'm Macy Jepson from News Radio 570 WKBN. Next update at 7. Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. $9.99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's. For that perfect gift, visit Deneen's Jewelry and Gifts, 822 North State Street, Girard. Snow showers likely tonight, especially late when the heavier snow moves in toward early morning. Around an inch, isolated spots could see two inches by daybreak, lows in the upper 20s. Snow showers likely for your Tuesday, windy with blowing snow and falling temperatures. Anywhere from a trace to two inches, up to three if you get stuck underneath some of the heavier snow bands into the afternoon. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul. 848 now. For news on demand, go to 570wkbn.com. Brought to you by Donnell Ford. All wet so It's 31. News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Furb. Hey, not far from where I sit here tonight at Stadium GM. If you just take, go out of Stadium and take a left and you go down 14, and so you go past uh, the hospital and Walmarts and you keep on going on your right, you will find the Feed and Sing. This is uh, the new uh, honky tonk, if you will, at 38135 Salem Unity Road. Of course, on Tuesday, they have the Elmton Pizza that they serve at the Feed and Sing with uh, the pizza eating contest that they have on Tuesdays. And also on Mondays, they'd like you to stop on down. It is just the newest, hottest place around. If you haven't visited it, obviously, it's uh, got a great reputation. The sound system is second to none. They usually have uh, live uh, entertainments, bands that uh, they bring in from Nashville on the weekends. Of course, karaoke during the week, they'll have that. They'll have all kinds of stuff going on at the Feed and Sing. What I'm saying is every night something is happening at the Feed and Sing. It is a place where you can go to simply kick back and enjoy yourself with the entertainment that is going on. The adult beverage. Beverages are absolutely reasonably priced, and the food is delicious as well. It is the new Honky Tonk. It's the hottest place around. It's not far from where I sit. It's Stadium GM. Like I say, you go down 14, you go past the hospital, you go past Walmart, you keep on going, you'll see it on your right-hand side. It's open tonight. It's a place I think you'd enjoy seeing and enjoy spending some time at. It is the Feed and Sing on News Radio 570 WQ, and I think it's going to be one of the hottest places around. If you haven't been there, you really need to check it out. All right, John Arnold is our guest, News Radio 570 WKBN. And a uh, couple of things that I want to talk to you about, uh, John, but I think Jake wants to ask you a question. Steve, I'll make sure you punch John down so that we keep him online, and let's go to Jake. Jake, do you have a comment for John Arnold? Yeah, I just wanted to ask him uh, what he thought the impact of uh, Russia, China, Iran, Venezuela are not going to going to accept uh, the petrodollar anymore in China says that you can buy oil with the yen and if you don't like the yen they'll give you gold they've been acquiring all this gold over the last few years 
And from what I was understanding for the last 10 years, if this petrodollar ever actually went down, that it would impact our financial system. Uh, right. Uh, hang on a second, Jake. Let me just uh, mention to people, usually when he talks about the petrodollar, it's because, you know, if you buy oil, you got to buy it using the dollar. So it's the dollar that is accepted as a currency for it. And there's always been discussion if they change away from the dollar and go to the uh, China's uh, currency or something, it would it would be a major game changer as far as the uh, the economy goes. Comments about what he had to say, John? Well, I want to... I want to disclose, I hopefully you like this brutal honesty. I haven't, I'm not up on my research to give you a, a, a detailed analysis, opinion on it. Well, I, what I would say is, I, from an opinion standpoint, I think it would definitely hurt the energy market. And I definitely think it would hurt the United States overall. Uh, obviously, we, we kind of control the, we not kind of, we do control the currency on that and have. Um, but inevitably, uh, Believe it or not, we're, we're 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 slowly getting ourselves off that that the oil tit, so to speak. I, I don't know even how to say it right. So, do, I think uh, economically, I think the market continues to go. I really do. I just got to tell you, I think the market is still a bull market. I think the energy market specifically would get a little bit hurt uh, if that does happen. But I think overall. It's not as big of a shakeup as as we think it is because if it was, and I think that the United States would be fighting uh, tooth and nail to make sure that that didn't happen, and maybe they are. But like I said, I got to disclose that I, I'm not up to date on my reading on that, and that's just one of those things to where there's only so much John Arnold John Arnold to go around, and that's just not something that's taught my hierarchy in reading, and it should be, uh, which I have to disclose, but. There's only so much for me to go around. So hopefully you like the honest opinion. I do think it would hurt us, hurt the energy market, but I think economically the United States would be all right. All right. Thank you for your call, Jake. I appreciate it. I want to go back and uh, we'll move on from Jake. Steve, I want to go back and I want to talk uh, about uh, two other areas. Uh, any thoughts about Bitcoin? You know what? I'm so glad you brought that up because I get asked that. 200 times a day. I get asked that by fellow brokers that I'm friends with out of New York that wants, want me to get in. Uh, I'm not just Bitcoin, but other digital currencies, and I laugh at them. And I, let me do, tell you all something. Just I just got to get off the plate. I, I wouldn't touch that with my client's money ever. One, I'm not allowed to. And even if I was allowed to, it's a digital market. It's, it's literally a made-up currency. I 100% buy into the fact that someday – we're going to have a digital currency. Do I buy into the fact that, you know, a guy made up a, a digital mining market one day and called it Bitcoin, and then there's these other ones that are copycatting them, that that's the, going to be the digital currency for the rest of our life? No. Is it going to continue to go up? Probably. Is somebody going to short the hell out of it one day, and and then one day they're going to wake up and have, a th- you know, their hundred grand might be worth a thousand if they even have a thousand left? I, I absolutely do believe that's going to happen. One day, people in this digital coin are going to wake up one day and be like, where'd it go? Unlike a stock or unlike the, the dollar, which is backed by something, this digital, this Bitcoin and the other the other digital currencies are made up are literally a made-up currency with no backing. There's not the credit of the Hello? Yeah, go ahead. I got you. Are we go there? Ahead. Yeah, I got you. There's not the full faith and credit of the full faith and credit of the United States backing digital coins. There's just a market made up by people that are really good at making a digital market. So it would be like uh, like I, I said on uh, the internet one night or Facebook. I said so. I was answering my millionth time for the day on Bitcoin. And with a little bit of frustration, I said, listen, what if somebody like Joe Danier and maybe a couple other computer wizards got together and we created this this digital coin and say we call it we called it e money, okay, or, or digital digital money, okay? They're just a plain Jane name. And we said it's worth X amount of dollars a coin. And we got somebody else on the other side to say, well, now we think it's worth this much. And we, and somebody on the other side think, well, now we worth this much. And we created our own stock market with it. But instead of stocks, it was, it was digital coin. At any one time, we could also crash that market and steal the actual, cur- the actual currency. It's worth something, the dollars. 
that you paid for to get it and get out of it, and you can't find us ever again. It's digital. We're ghosts. So if you do trade Bitcoin, if you like it, know what the hell you're doing. Know that it's there's no regulation on it. You lose your money tomorrow. There's not a damn thing you do. You'll never find the people that took it. If you get hacked, there's no way to trace it. And know this, until the major banks and until the, 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 the investment banks start trading it and, and accepting it and compliance is accepting it, I wouldn't touch it. So you can make some money in it, yes. You can make some overnight money in it, yes. I know, I've, I know people personally that put 50 to 100 grand in it that are millionaires now. As crazy as that sounds, I know them personally. But I can also tell you I also know penny stock people that have done that, and now they're, and then they're broke 10 years later. So that's a very brutal, honest answer, but I think you needed to hear it. If you know what you're doing, you can watch it all day long, and you've and you got the discipline to make some money and get out, go for it. If you are looking at this as a true investment, I think you're crazy. That, that's my answer. You know, I, I I really don't get the whole thing. I just tell you right now where they say I guess Bitcoin was founded, John, by these guys that uh, Zuckerberg or whatever screwed with Facebook, if I'm not mistaken. And they yeah. say they say these guys are now worth you know a billion or billions of dollars as a result of starting Bitcoin. But but and that people that got in early now have all this kinds of kind of money. But the whole thing, I, I agree with what you're saying, is so damn confusing. You know, it, you buy the Bitcoin, it's only, it's only good if somebody else is willing to accept it and can sell it and get dollars out of it. The whole thing seems strange. So you're saying it, it, it's odd to you too, right? Not only is it odd, the key word of what I said was dangerous. It's, ex- it's extremely dangerous. Let me give an example. We buy a stock, and I'm wrong. And I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. But let's say that I buy a stock at 10, and it goes down to 2. Well, as long as that stock remains in business, there's a slight chance that it can go right back up, right? That has happened before. The Sirius Silent Radio is an example of that. That went down to 1 cent, almost went out of business in the market crash, and now it's trading, I want to say, in the 4 to 5 area. So people who got were in it got their money back. In this case, digital coin does not work like that. Some these people that have created this Bitcoin are billionaires. You can imagine how powerful they are and how smart they are. If they wanted to short it right now, short it means you make money when it goes down. They let's say they monopolized on it, and they and and they created another market, and they shorted it, and overnight they made their one billion dollars, ten billion dollars, and everybody that was in Bitcoin on the other side completely lost their money. There's no chance of recovery. It's gone. It's over with. And the, and what, what the money they put into it was actually real money, which is American currency. So, again, it comes down to it's just a made-up currency. And there's, no, there's not enough people retail-wise that, that accept Bitcoin for me to take it serious. People like Jamie Dimon and Warren Buffett and other people, they think it's They've come out and said they think it's fraudulent. They think it's ridiculous. And if you if you got the money to blow, have at it. If you don't, just know you're going to the craps table. That's 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 the best analogy I could give you. Is you get the craps table. You might roll a seven. You might roll an eleven. Or you might crap out. All right, I, and I don't know the answer to this, but when we were talking about Facebook, I was immediately thinking, John Arnold's our guest, Truth and Investing Show, Monday Night News Radio, 570 WQN, live from Stadium GM. When we, when we talking about uh, stocks and Facebook, and I don't know, is YouTube a stock that people buy? Because YouTube is extremely popular, and people are going to well, that. Well, it, it is, but it's it's not what you think. So YouTube is Google. Google bought YouTube. Mm-hmm. So So if you want to buy YouTube, you buy Google which I think Google is going to be hard to put out of business, and they're the leading horse on search engines. So, and then they've obviously diversified themselves into so many other things. Google's a, it's like a Facebook. It's a, it's a powerhouse digitally. Uh, it's a powerhouse for email. It's a powerhouse for search engine. It's a powerhouse for anything technology-wise. It's a powerhouse. So, yes, and then obviously, the world has gone to YouTube. As a matter of fact, we are we Jayon Wealth Management Company. We have created our own YouTube YouTube channel to where we're starting to create podcasts and and channel a channel that is designed to like like this show help educate and teach investors. 
and give them topics to, to, to call us on and, and, and help them uh, either invest money with us or invest money on their own. And that's that's the new that's the new media. That's the new way of going, you know, of existing as far as advertising goes. So, um, big fan of YouTube. Big fan of it. As a matter of fact, the days of like having CDs or, or maybe even in your world <laughs> VHS uh, tapes. Uh, now you go to Facebook. You 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 store something like say maybe I watched. Um, the 2006 National Championship over again, where Florida Gators destroyed the Ohio State Buckeyes. I was so, I was so mad that game. I actually turned it off in the middle of the game, and I never watched the rest of it. Well, ten years later, I wanted to see how the rest of the game looked, so I, I watched it. And I watched it in HD format on YouTube. I just went to YouTube. I typed in 2006 National Championship. How came the Florida Gators versus Ohio State Buckeyes? Crystal clear, no commercials because I fast forwarded through them. And before, you'd have to buy the DVD. Now, you just go to YouTube. It's on there for free. It's a done deal. And a lot of times, you might have to watch a 5, 15-second commercial. And you got you got video material to watch for the rest of your life, basically, for free. So YouTube is the way of the future in many, in many facets. As a matter of fact, a lot of people don't have – they have no idea when a show they might like is, is – is on, they either Netflix it, YouTube it, or or, or Vudu, you know Hulu or one of those things, and they go to the computer or they go to their smart TV, they go to the app, there it is, and that's that, and that's just that's the new way of watching television, which is scary for uh, the advertising industry because it's, unless you're on that train, you're going to be out of business in about five years. Yeah, but I mean, you know, just as you talk about Amazon changing uh, retailing and brick and mortar, you know, th- and and Facebook uh, being popular and people reconnecting. When you think of YouTube, it's changed. It's made a huge influence. You know, if you want to know how to do something, you can probably go to YouTube, and there's going to be somebody that's going to explain it to you and show it to you on a video from start to finish. So now, stuff you didn't think you could do, you can now do because it's all on there. I think it has had a major effect on on on, on how people. Uh, live and you know you can go there and watch funny stuff and and all that kind of stuff. But you're saying, and just as you were talking about Netflix and these other things are are changing it. Are those areas and I you know and I don't know enough to say. Are those areas where you can uh, uh, stocks that you should be paying attention to or sectors you should be paying attention to because they are changing society just as much as everything else. Yeah, the paradigm shift is in. It is definitely a mainstay in your portfolio. If you're a risk taker, and here's how you can validate what I'm saying. If you pull up any major growth fund right now, say call it Growth Fund of America or Hartford Capital Appreciation Fund, one of their top ten holdings is usually Google, which hold, you know, which owns YouTube. So uh, the paradigm, the, the shift is in. You're 100% correct. Uh, Google slash YouTube is changing the way people uh, use their computers, and it's it all obviously – is changing the way people view t- TVs. Uh, with, with, with smart TVs, which basically every TV now is a smart TV, which means for your listeners who don't have one, is you can use your smart TV like your iPhone to where you just go to an app and and there, there you have Netflix or YouTube or whatever have you, and you can just press a button and you know see any show. It's very detrimental. It's, 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 it's actually hurting as we speak cable companies. Uh, the dish companies like Dish Network and um, DirecTV. So, you know, it's one of those. It, it, they're cannibalizing. They're cannibalizing each other. The the ones that are trying to hang on, and then obviously YouTube and Google are going to come out the winner. Um, so, with that said, it's a no brainer if you want to take risk uh, to invest in that. I I don't know how to make it more clear. Yeah, I mean, it's just if you if you stop and think about the major companies or entities that have changed uh, are changing. I shouldn't say changed as a past tense, but are changing the world or changing society from how it used to be to how it is. I think you've identified a lot of them. You know, from Facebook to staying connected to friends and people all over the world to uh, Amazon and how people shop, and then Walmart's starting to do more of that to YouTube to this uh, Hulu and to Netflix and that kind of stuff. I 
I mean, these are just major changes that are taking place in our society, and uh, and and that's kind of where, as as an investor, that's one of those sectors where you where you want to pay some attention to. Just like you say, like healthcare is an important one because we're an aging society as well. There are certain uh, entities that you that you know you kind of anticipate growth still being there. Uh, are your sectors all still doing well, John? Yeah. Uh, they are, and I, I say that without being arrogant. I really do. But we're 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 having, if not maybe, I mean, we have to say it's one of our best years ever. Uh, every sector has got a positive on it, which is not unusual right now because most people do. But we've really beat the market on a lot of sectors. Um, some luck, some really good picks on my part. Uh, example: I didn't know that we were going to have hurricanes. Uh, I bought industries and uh, infrastructure stocks and building stocks uh, just after Trump got elected because his focus to revamp the United States economy is the core of it is infrastructure rebuild. So this is a no-brainer like Caterpillar and United Rentals and those kind of things. And then uh, and then obviously we hit some really big home runs with um, ISRG, uh, which is uh, Intuitive Surgical that makes a DaVinci device we killed it on Amazon. We continue to kill it, kill it on Facebook. Um, I don't like to talk too much about our portfolios because that's that's how I make my money. But some of those ones I've already said have made us. Yeah, we really, really knocked a sock off the bar. Our, our portfolios are really, really doing well right now. But um, it's one of those things to where we don't invest all. We don't invest. I would say we only invest half of our clients' money. Uh, in those type of portfolios, well, the majority of uh, not majority, but half our portfolios are designed just to be the CD uh, to where we're lining up utility stocks, dividend paying stocks, um, healthcare stocks, things that pay dividends, things that people need. Really old hat, old school stocks because people are afraid of bonds and they're afraid of um, not afraid, but just disgusted with CD returns. So they're willing to give me a little bit of risk. Um, or leeway on the risk to try to achieve a four or five percent return, because what's happened is the the dividends have been great, but more importantly, the capital appreciation on a stock has been way better than expected. So, uh, our people that were shooting for five or six percent are still hitting those twelve, thirteen percent marks, which is a little bit under the S P five hundred. But again, if we're shooting for five or six percent and we we're hitting that twelve, oh now now that. The response, you know, the credit, you know, goes to the stock market, and a little bit to John Arnold. That's the truth. Because the only thing I did there is identified some really high quality dividend bank stocks uh, that should be making up the portfolio in a moderate, you know, moderate aggressive balanced portfolio. Um, so, uh, very long winded answer, but uh, hopefully it was it answers some questions for you. Absolutely, it does. Now, now with with John Arnold, just so you know, I mean, he can react to when when you invest with John. He has discretion to move money around so that you can react if you see some negative news or something like that. I mean, you know, we had an incident in New York today, and uh, but if we would have a major terrorist problem and the market would be going down, you can you can move money around without having to call a client. Just so people understand the discretion that you have as an active money manager, John. Yeah, that's a staple in our in our in our philosophy, and it's a staple in our our firm's philosophy. Um, to where like I've said this a thousand times on the show, if somebody doesn't want to give up that control or doesn't want to be a discretionary client of ours, we just unfortunately have to turn them away because it doesn't fit our model. If we're going to charge a fee for performing, and we're not able to have all the tools to perform, we're kind of ripping the client off. So. You know what? I got to tell you, I've never had a client raise their eyebrow to me when I said that. They know what they're getting into, and a lot of them find it to be a pleasure that they know that when they get a confirmation statement in the mail, they know I'm doing something in their portfolio. We're just not, you know, collecting a check and collecting dust in their portfolio because, well, the market's ripe and we're doing well. If they see a a sell or a buy in their portfolio, this, you know, a couple times a month or or in a quarter. They know we're doing something for them. We're identifying something for them that's weak or powerful and making the changes. And 
they're off to golfing or retiring or, or performing surgery or building a house or whatever it is they do for a living. They don't want to be bothered. That's why they hire me. And that's they've actually come out and said, because I, I, I get long-winded on my explanation of strategies to them, and they basically stop me mid-sense and say, John, I, I really don't care. What I care about is are we make, are we making money? That's what I care about. And if we are, you're employed. And, and that's music to my ears. And the only way we can do that is with discretionary investing. So to, to validate your point and to underline it, yes, we do discretionary investing to where I'm making uh, the, the diamond price decision for the client in the best interest of their interest um, to, to maximize their returns or minimize their risk uh, with hopefully uh, achieving the best possible return. Uh, and, John, and, John, and that's that. John Arnold's our guest. Talk briefly about you personally, or your firm personally, pays the fees as far as the trades and that kind of stuff. Elaborate a little bit on that for our listeners. Yeah, so when I design, like, I, I think I, I carve up my statue a little bit to make, I'm trying to make it a David, a, a perfect firm that's designed to be the fairest way to compensate myself and to the client. So what we did is we we, we eat every single minute. Like even I don't care how minuscule it is, or how large it is, we eat all the costs as far as trading cost and custodial costs for the client. The client pays me and only me, uh, not the custodial uh, fees, which are like Interactive Brokers or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity, etc. And that, how those guys make their money for the client listenership is they'll charge you four ninety five or seven ninety five a trade. Uh, that's how they're staying in business, and somebody's got to pay it, either the client or John Arnold. John Arnold takes that cost on because I don't want my clients paying me a 1% or 1.5% fee. And then, oh, hi, by the way, here's this couple hundred dollars in trading fees and this $75 maintenance fee or IRA fee to boot. That, 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 that to me is ridiculous. That's like saying uh, pay me for giving me your, your business. So what we do is we treat people exactly like I want to be treated. And I say, hey, we eat all the cost. Uh, we're based, we, we, you know, if you lose money, we're going to lose profit. You gain more money, we, we gain more profit. Uh, your bottom line is at the end of the month, you've either lost more or gain more money or you've lost money, and uh, sometimes that is the case, and we're going to bill it accordingly. And, again, like I point out, we eat all the cost. So uh, we we literally put our money where our mouth is. All right, if you want to get in touch with John Arnold, if that sounds like it's your cup of tea, and it is for a lot of folks, he will uh, talk to you about uh, his uh, firm, which is located right there on Star Center area, which uh, is over by the uh, Bar of the Poor House, which is over by uh, there's a Bruno Brothers Pizza over there, and uh, that's where you find John Arnold, not far from the intersection of 224 and Lockwood. If you want to get a hold of John off the air and uh, call his office, maybe meet with John, make an appointment. What's the phone number, John? The phone number is 330-965-9890. Again, 330-965-9890. Our consultations are free, no pressure, and we always help people out as much as we can. All right, I didn't get to it, folks, but I, I promise you this. Now, we're going to try to get to uh, so much more. I mean, it, it really went fast. Hey, thank you, John. Appreciate you coming on. Thank with you. Us. Have a safe trip home. All right, so live from Stadium GM, Ron Verb. Have a pleasant night, everybody. And if you're looking for a car, a truck, new or used, you're not going to find better people or a better organization than where I sit in this showroom right here in the heart of Salem at Stadium GM. Nobody's going to treat you better than a gang down here. We'll prove it to you. Come on down and see us. Sean's coming up next.